Cherry Hill Volvo, we have absolutely incredible offers and a plethora of both new and certified Volvos from which to choose. We are eager to offer amazingly competitive prices, plus an additional $1,000 Costco discount on all new Cherry Hill Volvos. When leasing or purchasing a new or certified Cherry Hill Volvo, you become a valued part of our team. Join Cherry Hill Volvo for the pricing and attention you deserve. I am Judith Krepnick, president of Cherry Hill Volvo. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. WPHD, WPHD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. This is the next generation of talk. Now, on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, Rich Zioli. Well, the cocaine White House dog is no more. Commander, the dog is out. But the fightings are moving on. That's the beautiful part. The fighting fills are moving on. Oh, yeah, baby. We are fired up. Welcome to the show. Glad you're here today. 855-839-1210. And on Twitter, at Rich Zioli. Jim Jordan wants to be Speaker of the House, and you know what he said today, and I'll play the clip in a few minutes. He came out and said, we need a we need a Speaker of the House who's going to put America first and not Ukraine first. And he's exactly right about that point. A hundred percent of that point. We we need a, a Speaker who's going to say it's about America, period. And that's why I think Jim Jordan's going to wind up being the guy. I really do. And again, like I said yesterday, Everybody who is out, who has been angry about what happened to McCarthy and screaming about the Republicans and going on and on about how this has destroyed our country, you're going to be very, very happy next week if Jim Jordan becomes a speaker. So congratulations. You you can thank me then. It's okay. I mean, you don't have to. You don't have to. I'm, I'm not going to say I told you so, but that's the way it's going to be. It's not going to be Hakeem Jeffries, despite. And there's a lot of BS out there today. A lot of BS. But uh, no Democrats. Uh, you don't need any Democrats to vote. Republicans will vote. They have the 218 votes necessary, uh, and one of them will become the next Speaker of the House. And as of right now, it looks like it's going to be a two-way race between Steve Scalise and also between Jim Jordan. And that's great. Good, because both of those guys are fantastic. I don't really think Trump's going to do it. I don't think he really wants to do it. But obviously, it it, it would be fun. I mean, we'd have a great time if he were Speaker. No question about it. He really would. Uh, Now, Gates will not be, obviously. and, And there's a lot of people that are angry at Matt Gates, but that's okay. Matt Gates can be the bad guy. He can be the guy that everybody hates for a little while. They'll get over that, too. And they'll get over it when Jim Jordan is speaker, and they'll move on. The, the, today at the White House press briefing, and we'll grab some audio of that. It just wrapped up a short time ago. Uh, Corrine Jean-Pierre going on and on about how there'll be no wall. There'll be no wall. Uh, the wall is not going to happen, and uh, the president doesn't believe in walls, and we're not going to do walls. So no wall at the southern border. This is an administration that is absolutely hell-bent on making sure uh, that the border is wide open, as wide open as possible. And they're not going to do a damn thing about it. That's the reality. 
And the other thing, too, about uh, everything that we're we're talking about here today regarding the, the border wall and, and all of it is who who's right? You know, who's right in all this? It was a great confrontation between Peter Alexander of NBC News and also Corrine Jean-Pierre about this. And she just keeps reiterating the same talking points. The president doesn't believe in walls. The president doesn't believe in walls. The president doesn't believe in walls. It, it really makes you think, you know, can you can you honestly for a second? Uh, think to yourself that this administration would do anything to to secure the border? Nope, no chance. There's no chance. They're not going to do it. They're not interested, and they don't care. They simply just don't care. Now, on the uh, the Republican front for president of the United States of America, obviously Trump has a massive lead. We know that he's got a massive lead, clearly. Uh, but on the Democrat side, it's looking more and more like Biden is going to be uh, getting you know taking his walking papers. I was even joking with somebody today, and I said. You know what? Uh, I think it would be really, really great if it turns out that uh, we're at the Democrat National Convention next year and Gavin Newsom winds up getting the getting the nomination in front of everybody, because it's probably the way it's going to wind up being. Gavin Newsom is probably going to wind up being the guy and the guy's a slick, slick talker. But he's also he he's he's also a a, a very, very uh, swarmy, swarmy guy. You know what I mean? But he's slick. He really is. Biden today said, I do not believe that border walls work. And he also said, when it comes to, <clears throat> oh, I have that one cut 17. Thank you, Matt. Sorry about that. When it comes to, I'm missing a page here. Ah, there we go. Uh, Biden said also in the White House today, he said, when it comes to the uh, border wall, uh, whatever money he has, they're, they're going to have to just uh, spend that money. But here's the president today at the White House. Do you believe that the border wall works? Cut 12. Do you believe the border wall works? No. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, no, just that. No, uh, no, just no. The answer is no. Just no. Um, here is uh, here. This is this is this is great stuff here today. Here's Corrine Jean Pierre about the construction of the border walls. A reporter pressed her from uh, the press briefing. I must have printed out the wrong cut sheet, Matt. My apologies. Uh, cut seventeen. All right, hold on. I don't have all these cuts. Matt's not in here yet. So. Oh, he's not in there yet. Okay. All right. No problem. Uh, we'll we'll get we'll get him in there as soon as as soon as we get him. We'll 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 take care of him. And in the meantime. Uh, <clears throat> We we also have a situation right now with New Jersey United States Senator Bob Menendez. Menendez's wife struck and killed a man with her Mercedes, according to reports. Mercedes Menendez's wife fatally struck a man from Bergen County, then had her car replaced by a Mercedes mentioned in a federal indictment. So this is a huge story. Patch.com broke the story. When Nadine Arslanian was dating Senator Robert Menendez in 2018, she fatally struck a man crossing a Bogota, New Jersey street late one night and then had an American businessman finance a replacement ride in exchange for a favor from the senator. This was also reported by the New York Times. The now wife of the senator was indicted on September 22nd, along with her husband, for accepting bribes, including cash and a Mercedes-Benz convertible. New details in the media this week revealed that Arslanian needed the car because her own Mercedes had been destroyed in a fatal accident months earlier. In 2019, according to the indictment, businessman Jose Uribe, who Menendez's wife had introduced to Menendez at one point, and who's been indicted along with the couple, agreed to finance the new car for Arslanian if the senator did him a favor. 
According to the indictment, the senator intervened to try to have a New Jersey-based insurance fraud investigation of Uribe's employee resolved favorably. Quote, in exchange for the promise of the luxury convertible, Menendez contacted a senior state prosecutor at the NJ Attorney General's office who supervised the prosecution and investigation at least twice in New Jersey Attorney General's office. Hmm. During those communications, Menendez attempted to pressure official number two to resolve the prosecution more favorably to the defendant. Official two considered Menendez's actions inappropriate and did not agree to intervene. While the indictment and bribery allegations have made news since September, little was revealed about the car crash until Wednesday. The Times reported that on a December night in 2018, Richard Koop, 49 years old, got out of an Uber near his home in Bogota. That was when he was struck and killed by Arslanian's convertible. The family of a deceased man, who was a beloved dad and uncle, tells the New York Times that they were suspicious of the one-sided investigation of the crash that followed. Boy, does this not remind you of Chappaquiddick, huh? Arslanian was not drug tested, nor was she charged in the crash. But police investigated where Coop had been prior to the crash. Why? Arslanian, for her part, claimed that she couldn't avoid Coop, according to a video posted of the crash online. In video posted by the New Jersey Herald with enhanced audio, Arslanian is heard telling police he jumped on my windshield and then started asking for an attorney. Then, a man identifying himself as a retired Hackensack police officer comes on the scene and says that Arslanian is his buddy's wife. And that his buddy had asked him to come out and help. He asks whether the Bergen County Prosecutor's Office will be involved. Police responded that they are investigating because of the nature of what happened, not necessarily because Arslanian is in trouble. The New York Times identifies the buddy as Senator Robert Menendez. Months later, Arslanian had her replacement Mercedes and texted a photograph to the senator with a little heart. The indictment notes that during a search of the couple's home, the FBI found many of the fruits of this bribery scheme, including gold, cash, a luxury convertible, and home furnishings. The indictment says in exchange for Menendez's actions, Uribe provided Nadine Menendez with $15,000 cash for the down payment on the luxury convertible in April 2019. After the purchase was complete, Nadine Menendez messaged the senator and said, quote, Congratulations, mon ami. I think that's French for my love. We are the proud owners of a 2019 Mercedes and texted the senator a photograph of the convertible with a little heart. Thereafter, this guy Uribe made monthly payments to Mercedes Benz for the convertible between 2019 and June of 2022. And I'm sure that Nadine, Nadine, uh, I'm I'm sure that she uh, put that on her tax forms. I'm sure she declared that as income, right? Uribe stopped making payments after the FBI began investigating and asking questions, the indictment says. The couple married in October of 2020, according to this. So what did Nardine, Nadine Arslanian say to Bogota police at a 2018 fatal car crash? Christy Katafi from NorthJersey.com reporting on this. Nadine Arslanian Menendez, federally indicted in a bribery scheme with her husband, Senator Bob Menendez, struck and killed a man while driving her Mercedes-Benz on Main Street in Bogota in December of 2018. Details about the crash, which unfolded on the evening of December 12th, are outlined in Bogota police records obtained by NorthJersey.com. 
Arslanian, who began dating Menendez in February of 2018 and married the senator in October 2020, was not charged in the incident. A month after the crash, according to an indictment brought by the U.S. attorney for the Southern District of New York, Arslanian was texting Whale Hanna. This is the Egyptian-American businessman who's also been indicted in the bribery scheme. And she was texting about her lack of a car. She later provided, he later provided her with this 2019 Mercedes-Benz C300 convertible. Beautiful car. A 10-minute video shows police questioning Arslanian, who is wearing a dress and fur coat, and appears on dash cam footage for three minutes before walking off camera. Police can still be heard off camera talking to her, a witness, and a retired Hackensack police officer who tells Bogota officers he came to pick up Arslanian for his friend. What follows is a transcript of the audio recorded on the video. So the one Bogota cop says, okay, Nadine, I just want to get your statement. You're being recorded, so explain to me what happened. She says, I'm not comfortable saying anything without an attorney. The police officer says, are you requesting an attorney? The second Bogota police officer says, you're not under arrest, okay? We get statements from everyone involved. We need to know what transpired and what happened on your end. Then she says, the guy jumped out. The second Bogota police officer says, do you have a problem with, and then it's inaudible. She says, I don't have a problem with it, but the only thing is I'm an attorney. You're speaking to an attorney, so I don't want to do anything wrong. The second cop says, I 100% get where you're coming from. I get it. And then Arslanian says, why was the guy in the middle of the street? The second cop says, that's what we're trying to figure out. Our job is to investigate everything that happens, and that's what we're trying to do. Obviously, the more information, she jumps in and says, I didn't do anything wrong. The second cop says, I understand. It does expedite our investigation when people can help us out because if we can clear you from any wrongdoing, I want to get you home and comfortable and not here anymore. You know what I'm saying? Nothing against you. Then she says, what what happens? The car's not drivable, right? So what happens now? The officer says it will be towed away. She says, can I get my stuff? She also asks for a card or phone number for information on where the car will be towed. The second Pagoda officer says, before you go, I want to confirm you don't want to give me your phone, correct? She says, correct. Second cop says, and that's your statement? You were driving this way, the guy was coming this way and went into your vehicle? She says, he jumped onto my windshield, yes. The second cop says, okay, very good. Come with me to the sergeant. Now, the rest of this occurs off camera. The primary police officer is heard speaking to his sergeant and tells Arslanian that her friends can help her get anything from her car. The officer is then heard talking to someone presumed to be Arslanian's friend, who says he's a retired cop from Hackensack, New Jersey. The officer tells him she isn't being criminally charged. I don't even know her, the apparently retired Hackensack officer says. My buddy's wife is friends with her and said, can you do me a favor and take her up there? Because her friend just got into a car accident. The retired cop is then heard asking if the investigation will go to the prosecutor's office. And the officer said they should be good to release her tonight. She just freaking killed somebody. Right. So she just freaking killed somebody. They don't do a, you know, they don't check her for drugs. They don't make her do a DWI. How would this work out for you, out of curiosity, if this happened to you? If, 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 if late at night you, you kill somebody with a car, right? You kill somebody with a car, and then, then a, a, a retired guy comes along, and then you're, you're good to go. And it's over right then and there. It's over. No investigation, nothing. It's over. You're good. They don't even ask if you had anything to drink that night. 
They don't even ask if you do drugs. They don't even, nothing, nothing. Were you texting at least? Nothing, I'm going to show you my phone. All right, no problem. Throughout the audio, an officer is also heard speaking to someone who called the police. The person said he just missed seeing what happened, but saw the aftermath and called the police. There is some inaudible, inaudible whispering about the Bergen County, New Jersey prosecutor's office. An officer is also heard asking Arslanian for proof of auto insurance and the car's registration because of a miscommunication. It sounds like another friend of Arslanian also shows up and tells the officer he's retired and from Paramus, New Jersey. So much like when Ted Kennedy killed Mary Jo Kopechny and there was no investigation after that, um, very similar to this situation, Robert Menendez's future wife kills a man with her car and her big concern is how do I get another Mercedes? That's her big concern. There, there doesn't even seem to be any any guilt or, or remorse or, or anything like that. It's like, what was the guy doing in the middle of the street? And then she says he jumped on my car. There's no evidence of that. And so... Guy's dead, he gets out of an Uber, he's dead, and then she goes home, and that's it. And there's no follow-up, there's no investigation. And, and the senator, Robert Menendez, calls his buddies, these retired cops who go down there, and, and the cops on the scene, even though they're all mic'd up and they're all on camera, just let her go, they just let her go. And she's gone, and that's it, it's over. It's over. Without, I just got, I'm, I'm, I'm curious, would that work out for you? Is that how this would work out for you in this situation, if that was the case? Late at night, you kill someone with your car, and they're just like, ah, you're good. Go ahead, go home. Go, go home. Go home and relax. Sleep it off. You know, you're, you're, you've, you've had a trauma here. And then her big concern after that is, how do I get another luxury Mercedes? So this is where the, the scumbag senator and his future scumbag wife, girlfriend at the time, wind up talking to their scumbag friends. And the senator does scumbag favors for the scumbag friend who then gets her a new Mercedes. Provides her with a $15,000 down payment and then picks up the payments for the car henceforth. But it's perfectly normal. It's Jersey. This is Jersey. This is what you do. This is what you do. If you're if you're a United States senator, you get something called senatorial privilege, much like Ted Kennedy got senatorial privilege. You know they don't they don't worry. You're good. You know you're you're fine. You're okay. Everything's fine. It's gonna be okay. It's gonna be all good. Now you you would think that this would be a, a a massive investigation, right? This would be a massive news story. I mean, to the New York Times credit, they they wrote a story about it, but I don't know if the uh, corporate media uh, cares. I don't think they, they give a damn because, of course, he's a Democrat. But, but you know, you talk about police and police accountability and police misconduct and all these other things. And, you know, I mean, this is the perfect story for it, right? I mean, this is the, this is the perfect example of this, this this guy who's who's dead. And the, it's a huge cover-up here. Law enforcement potentially, allegedly, according to the story at least, covers up for the senator's girlfriend after a man is fatally struck and killed by her. And nothing. That's it. (laughs) Ah, Jersey. Don't you just love it? The stench of corruption. Don't you love the stench? 855-839-1210. On Twitter, if you'd like to weigh in today, at Rich Zioli. we got a lot to talk about. More on this. Uh, The border wall. Biden says, no, commander is gone. Commander is over. Goodbye, commander. The White House cocaine dog, at least one of them, is no more. Commander, goodbye, commander. You've bit too many people. You were coked out of your gourd. You bit too many people, and now you have to go. That's basically it. The German shepherds are getting a bad rap because of a uh, uh, of a dog named Commander. So that's where we are today.
We've got a lot to chat about. It's uh, Thursday. The fightings are going forward. We'll be right back. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. The Zioli Show on your schedule from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. Dog days are over. Commander's gone. The cocaine White House dog is out. Poor guy. Poor guy. 855-839-1210. It ain't fair. Poor commander. He had it coming, though. Not his fault. When you leave cocaine at the White House and uh, the dog gets cocaine, it becomes cocaine White House dog. That's what's going to happen. But Biden's dog commander was involved in more White House biting incidents than previously reported. That's the big story that came out. And the two-year-old German Shepherd commander has been involved in even more biting incidents. While the United States Secret Service has acknowledged 11 reported biting incidents involving its personnel, sources who spoke to CNN said the real number is higher and includes executive resident staff and other White House workers. Those bites have ranged in severity from one known bite requiring hospital treatment to some requiring attention from the White House medical unit to some going unreported and untreated. While the first family works for solutions to the ongoing issues, CNN has learned commander is not on the White House campus. The president and first lady care deeply about the safety of those who work at the White House and those who protect them every day. They remain grateful for the patience and support of the U.S. Secret Service and all involved as they continue to work through solutions. Commander is not presently on the White House campus while next steps are evaluated. Biden's dog is no longer at the White House. He is out. Commander has been banished from the White House. Cocaine White House dog is now cocaine White House Homeless dog. Uh, here's uh, the exchange with Corrine Jean-Pierre about this uh, regarding, let's start with uh, Fox News' Peter Ducey to the White House Fembot Press Secretary Corrine Jean-Pierre of Commander Biting, cut 11. There are some new pictures of Commander Biden biting a staffer again. How many times has that dog bitten the Bidens? I would refer, I would, uh, I would refer you to the Secret Service and also the First Lady's office. Okay. Uh, it's the 12th known incident of this dog biting a White House staffer. A lot of times when that happens, there's a lawsuit. Isn't the president worried about getting sued? I would refer you to the Secret Service or the First Lady's office. Well, Ah, uh, you yeah, be referred. You be referred to that, okay? You you, you will refer you to something else. We're going to refer you to, to 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 something to something else. All right, you'll be referred. Uh, and I, I think you said there's another clip, right, of uh, of this exchange, Matt, with uh, Kareen and the yeah. dog. Yeah, we have a little more Kareen uh, dog commentary. As someone who spends a fair amount of time in the Oval Office with the President, did you ever have a troubling encounter with Commander? No, not at all. So he never nipped you. No. 
Were you ever wary of being no. around him because no, of the fighting incidents that you had heard about? Absolutely not. And I've seen Commander many times. I was never worried, and I've never been bit by Commander. Have any of, your, have any of the members of your staff? Uh, what I can say, I don't have numbers of, uh, of, of, uh, of you know, exact numbers of, of uh, any incidents uh, with Commander. I do want to lay out something that uh, my colleague, Elizabeth Alexander, over at the First Lady's Office, who's our Communications Director. And just to, just to be clear here, and we want to, you know, make sure that folks understand, just in case you guys didn't see her statement here, and it goes as follows. The President and the First Lady care deeply about the safety of those who work at the White House and those who protect them every day. They remain grateful for the patience and support of the U.S. US Secret Service and all involved as they continue to work through solution. Commander is not presently at the White House, on the White House campus, and while next, uh, while, while next steps are evaluated. That was a statement that came out from the First Lady's office, and so I will uh, certainly leave it there. Uh, but no, I, as it relates to me, I was never weary of, it, of a commander. I've seen him many, many times, and so I, I can only speak for myself, though, and I can't speak to any anything else outside of that. I'm surprised. I've been bitten by a dog. If there was a dog that had bitten 11 or 12 other people, I'd be a little nervous around that dog. Why weren't you? I mean, I'm not sure why this has to do anything with me. Uh, I was just not nervous at all. So that is not a concern for me. That is not uh, something that uh, I can't speak to anything else outside of what you have heard from the First Lady's office. Uh, and so I'll just leave it there. All right. Do you want me to bring the dog into the briefing room? That should be fun. Yeah, he'll bite uh, the pee. You see, the reason why Corrine Jean-Pierre was never worried, and let me let me explain the reason for that. <clears throat> she's a fembot. She's a robot. So dogs don't bite robots. Dogs do, dogs don't do that. Dogs bite people. That's what if if a dog's going to bite, it's it's not going to bite a machine. It's going to bite a, a, a human being. The fembots <laughs> don't have to worry about things like that. Well, that's the truth. I that's that's that, you take that to the bank right there. Dogs go by smell. A fembot, even if it's wearing perfume, the dog can still smell the metal. This is why the dogs were used to track down Terminators, if you remember, in <laughs> the Terminator. Uh, they can, they can, they can, they can figure out the ones that are the machine underneath the the, the human exoskeleton, the human exoskin, and the Terminator was the German shepherds that would that would bark. Remember? You remember? <laughs> Have to rewatch that movie now. Yeah, well, that's that's how it that's how it would work in the in the nineteen eighty four James Cameron Terminator, which is in my opinion still the best one. What they would do is they would they would like you, you, a guy would walk into the encampment, you know, the rebel encampment, and then the, the, the dogs would go freaking crazy, and then they they you know they blow the Terminator away, and you know that that crappy fake exo exoskin would go right off, and the dogs could sniff those those things out a mile away. So I mean, Kareem can stand right next to Commander. He's on a biting spree. He's, he's not biting through that metal. He's looking for a human. <laughs> he's probably afraid of her. Oh, I would be. She she might uh, razzle dazzle him with no comments, and I'm just not going to get into that. And you know, well, do you think he barks as much as those dogs in Terminator when she comes around? Absolutely, 100. percent That's part of the problem. I think. She barks so much. Uh, the commander barks so much whenever the White House fembot would come around that they'd have, they'd have to turn around and go, "All right, all right, we got <laughs> get rid of this dog." And the dog would go crazy and he bites somebody because he was also high in cocaine. So, <laughs> uh, 
We have a lot of uh, other audio today, but I want to I want to I want to uh, uh, play for you Lawrence O'Donnell, who's freaking crazy. Crazy Lawrence. Sometimes, uh, what do they say? A blind squirrel gets a nut sometimes, I think is the old saying. Uh, so Robert Menendez's wife killed somebody, as I mentioned to you in the opening monologue of the show today. And, and th- this, is, this is the senatorial Jersey privilege here. Outside of this, I haven't heard anyone else in the corporate media talk about this, but um, MSNBC's Lawrence O'Donnell delivered a scathing monologue about Menendez. I normally don't play Stop the Hammering O'Donnell because he frustrates me, but I think this is worth hearing. And it also tells you a lot about how they want to get rid of Menendez, uh, clearly. Cut number nine. The life of indicted New Jersey Senator Robert Menendez is much darker than we realized. The breaking news of the day is that Robert Menendez's wife killed someone. Senator, there's a report that your wife was potentially involved in a hit and run back in 2018. Do you have any comment on that? Uh, That was a tragic accident. And uh, uh, obviously, uh, we think of the family. He's lying. They don't think of the family. They have never communicated with the dead man's family in any way. In December of 2018, Robert Menendez's girlfriend, who was on her way to becoming his second wife, hit a pedestrian who was crossing the street at 7.30 p.m. and killed him. His name was Richard Koop. He was 49 years old. The New York Times reports today, quote, his body was thrown to the curb just steps from his home and badly mangled. The police reports indicate she was never tested for drugs or alcohol and was allowed to leave the scene not long before Mr. Coop was declared dead at a nearby hospital. Richard Coop's sister told the New York Times, quote, the family really has had serious concerns over what we felt was a very sparse, one-sided investigation. We felt that the whole thing was very silently swept under the rug. The only problem Mrs. Menendez seemed to face after she killed someone was how to replace the damaged car. According to federal prosecutors, Robert Menendez and his wife took a bribe in the form of a $60,000 Mercedes-Benz C300 convertible to replace the damaged car. The indictment of Robert Menendez and his wife contains a text message from her saying, all is great, exclamation point. I'm so excited to get a car next week, exclamation point. Good for him for covering it. But imagine that, you know, you drive home and kill a guy, he's mangled body in the street, and then, all right, you're good to go. Got a buddy called it a guy, the United States Senator. This is, this is the, the senatorial courtesy. It's really amazing. It truly is. It's just... But, but but not surprising to me. That's the thing. It doesn't surprise me. No, nothing about New Jersey surprises me anymore. Nothing. Nothing Nothing about the corruption. Nothing about Menendez. Nothing about this surprises me. Other than the fact that this really should be a bigger story. Don't you think this really should be a massive, massive story? By the way, uh, King Philip the Unaccountable came out today. His royal rugness, King Philip the Unaccountable, came out today and said, College should be a ticket to the middle class, not a burden that weighs on students long after they're done with school. Thank you, POTUS, for providing more than 40,000 borrowers in New Jersey with more than $2 billion in life-changing student debt relief. New Jersey represents 30% of the 125,000 borrowers 
at over 20% of the total $9 billion of loans being forgiven in all of the United States of America. Wow. And Republicans did nothing about this, of course. You know, nothing, nothing, Republicans did nothing about this either. So let's talk about the speaker's race for a moment, shall we? Let's talk about Jim Jordan. This guy has got some cojones. And Jim Jordan is not afraid to take the slings and arrows, which is why I hope he becomes a speaker. I really do. I hope Jim Jordan winds up becoming the guy. I do. Uh, he's, a, he's a smart guy. He's, he's, he's a fighter. He's a fighter, and that's what we need. We need a fighter. We need somebody in there who's going to go in and not be afraid to turn around and say, this is how it is. We have the money, and we're not going to give you the money if we don't get what we want. You know who did that? The vampiric one. Nancy Pelosi did that. That's right. In fact, we have a little flashback to 2018 of Nancy Pelosi. I'll play that in a second. But this is Jim Jordan today talking about why he wants to be speaker. Take a listen. Let's talk a little bit about aid for Ukraine, because there are a number of conservatives who say in your conference that they will sink any candidate for speaker who does support aid for Ukraine. So where are you on that? I've been clear all along. Why should we be sending American tax dollars to Ukraine when we don't even know what the goal is? No one can tell me what the objective is. Is it, is it some kind of negotiated peace? Is it driving them out of the eastern Ukraine? Is it driving them out of Crimea, which they've had for 10 years now, but they took during the Obama administration? What is the objective? And so until you can tell me the goal, I don't think we should continue to send money there, particularly when we have the problems we have on our border. So that's fundamental. Uh, I just think that's front and center. And then second, how is the money that's already been sent, how has it, how has it been spent? Right. What kind of waste is going? Those are two fundamental questions that I think the American taxpayers want to know the answers to before they send any more of their hard-earned money there. Particularly, you're sending money there to protect Ukraine's border when we right. got the situation we have on our border. So sure. those are the fundamental questions that we should get answered before we even think about sending more money. Good for him. Good for him. So the see now what I tell you yesterday, Congress has what? The power of the purse. That's all they have. That's what they have. They got the power of the purse. That's what they can do. And they can use the power of the purse to effectuate policy change. And you see, when Democrats do it, they're brave. They are brave. Oh, they're not afraid to stand up for their principles. They're not afraid to stand up for what's right. They're going to do what's right. The vampiric one in 2018, which, look, to her credit, Nancy Pelosi is eternal. To her credit, the vampiric one was not going to back down. And she knew that she controlled the purse strings. She knew it. And she wasn't afraid. She didn't want a border wall. So Nancy Pelosi said this. Let's hope, let's hope that there won't be a shutdown of government. That's a, a very bad thing to do. Maybe the president doesn't grasp that. But that is very harmful uh, to our country at significant cost. Another day, and we have more time, we'll go into the, when the Republicans shut it down before. The 17th, on the 17th day, they finally opened the cost of billions of dollars uh, to our economy. And they still voted against opening up government. You know, we had to, an over, a, a large number of Republicans voted against opening up the government. What did you think he changes his calibration, even if you're able to pass a bill under your watch on the 3rd of January, his position ostensibly would have changed. Why would he sign that bill to open government up in January? Does he want to have uh, government closed and forever? I mean, what's this about? I know he doesn't believe in government. I know he doesn't know that much about what is at risk to shut it down. She was 
willing to keep the government shut down forever. She said, we have the power of the purse. We're not getting, we're not paying for your wall. There's another clip of her years ago going, you're not getting a wall. Ah, you're not getting a wall. Ah. She was, but I mean, she knew what her power was as Speaker of the House. It was the purse strings. Did Kevin McCarthy do anything about that when it came to Ukraine funding? No, because he was all in on Ukraine funding. Did he say, you're not getting a dollar until the border's secure? Nope, didn't do that either. Nothing. He did nothing. He did nothing at all to stand up and do what Congress has the power to do, which is control the power of the purse. Nothing. He didn't do a damn thing. Pelosi fought back on Trump's wall, fought back on the funding of it, and said, I'll keep government closed forever. She's hailed as a media darling. This is why I tell you all the time, please, Republicans, you cannot worry about the public relations aspect of this stuff. Stop trying. One more person tells me that what happened to Kevin McCarthy is a distraction from Hunter Biden or a distraction from Joe Biden or or it's making us look like uh, crybabies in the media. I don't care about any of that stuff. I care about saving the country. That's what I care about. I don't care how the corporate media is going to spin it. I don't care how the corporate media is going to distract. I don't care. They do that stuff anyway. Think about it. The continuing resolution passes over the weekend on Monday. They're mocking Republicans for going after the guy for pulling the fire alarm. So, like, you know, like enough with this whole idea of like, well, you know, this the real the real story right now should be uh, Joe Biden and the economy, and uh, well, all we're doing is distracting from that well, with the attacks on uh, Kevin McCarthy. Stop, please. If it if it wasn't Kevin McCarthy and they had nothing better to do, they're still not covering Biden and his scandals. They'll cover weather, weather events, storms, feel good stories. They love doing all that stuff. And no matter what, they're always going to paint Republicans as the evil bad guys. So don't care, don't worry about it. When when Pelosi says, I'll keep the government shut down, she's brave, she's fearless, she's a speaker emeritus, speaker for life, or in her case, for all time, eternity. When Republicans, they're, 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 they're disruptive, they're anarchists, they want to tear it all down. You see, that's always the way it's going to be. Forever. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Sometimes there are political PR, battle, PR battles you can't win. Don't worry about it. Go right to the American people. Don't try to get the corporate media to talk about what you want to talk about. Don't try to get the corporate media to spin it the way you want to spin it. Screw all that and go directly to the American people with your argument. And hold back. To, and see, and, and Jordan will do that. And Jim Jordan will do that. He'll come out and go, yeah, we're not passing anything until the border's secure, period. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. We're not, we're not voting on Ukraine. We're not putting Ukraine in a continuing resolution. We'll vote on that separate. That's just how it's going to be. That's it. And he would do it months in advance. And yes, the media would hate him. And yes, the media would trash him. And yes, but but so what? Do you want to save the country or not? That's the only question. Because no matter what Republicans do, unless they act like Democrats, the media is going to trash them. And even when they act like Democrats, it's maybe a five-second feel-good story about them or something like, oh, they actually didn't shut the government down. Look at them. But meanwhile, they're trashing a member of Congress or pulling a fire alarm. The corporate media will never, ever, 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 ever be with conservatives. So so everybody, anyone, anyone who on social media or, or elsewhere says this thing with Kevin McCarthy has been a political PR disaster for us. And uh, it's, uh, the PR, the optics are but shut up. Stop. The key is McCarthy's gone. He's out. <coughs> Excuse me. And hopefully, God willing, Jim Jordan will be in. Excuse me, 855-839-1210 on Twitter, at Rich Zioli, if you would like to weigh in today on everything we are discussing on the show. 
Cherry Hill Volvo on Route 70 in Cherry Hill is where I just recently picked up my new, brand new XC40. I love it. I love driving it. This is my favorite car so far. Every five months now, I have a new Volvo to try with the Care by Volvo program, which is a fantastic program that I highly recommend through Cherry Hill Volvo. The Cherry Hill Volvo team, they strive to be the number one Volvo dealer in the Philadelphia region. It's something that the entire Cherry Hill Volvo team works for each and every day. They know they need to earn it with you, and they do. Time and again, Judith Krupnik, Yosef, the entire team there, they work hard to do what is right. And that means providing you the absolute best customer experience possible. They really work hard to provide the luxury experience you deserve. See, it also means pairing you with the perfect Volvo, whether that's a brand new or certified pre-owned Volvo. They have a Volvo for you and a vast selection in stock at Cherry Hill Volvo. And, of course, they offer incredible competitive pricing, and they take advantage of every possible opportunity to get you the best deal. It's why I choose and continue to choose Cherry Hill Volvo. I love my Volvo, and you will love driving one as well. They're safe, they're fast, they're beautiful cars, the latest technology, and Cherry Hill Volvo is the most accessible Volvo dealer and the dealership that stands with us because we broadcast live from the Cherry Hill Volvo studios where relationships really do matter, and they prove it every day at Cherry Hill Volvo. Thanks for listening to the Seoli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the Odyssey app. All righty, it is uh, Thursday. Fired up, baby, fired up. We got a lot to talk about, a lot to chat about. We're going to talk about the border wall, obviously. We're going to do all that. And um, look, you know, as much as you hear people who are yelling and screaming about, well, I had this thing with Jim Jordan, and I mean, uh, with Kevin McCarthy, it's distracting everybody. People, it's been distractions. To CBS's uh, Catherine Herridge's credit, she looked into some of the documents released by House Republicans who are investigating, of course, Hunter Biden's international business dealings. I'm going to get into that with you at the top of the hour. And uh, I'm also going to get into it with you that the biggest worry that Biden has about the dysfunctional Congress is losing aid to Ukraine. Okay, because Ukraine is everything. Everything is about it's all about Ukraine. Realize that it's all about it. Everything. It's all about it. Remember yesterday how I shared with you at the end of the show, I got into that that story in Newsweek about the exclusive in Newsweek. Donald Trump followers are targeted by the FBI as 2024 electioneers. Remember I got into that with you yesterday? Very, very long article. Very extensive what they're doing. And there, there's more on this, too. There's a lot more on this. The FBI and their Department of Homeland Security have concluded that socio-political developments such as narratives of fraud in recent general elections, the emboldening impact of the violent breach of the U.S. Capitol, conditions related to the COVID-19 pandemic, and conspiracy theories promoting violence will almost certainly spur some domestic terrorists to try to engage in violence. Have you seen any domestic terrorists engaging in violence in your neighborhood recently? Have you? A senior intelligence official who requested anonymity said, we've crossed the Rubicon. Trump's army constitutes the greatest threat of violence domestically, politically. That's the reality and the problem set. That's why the FBI, as a law enforcement agency, has to deal with. But whether Trump and his supporters are a threat to national security, to the country, whether they represent a threat of civil war, that's a trickier question. And that's for the country to deal with, not the FBI, they say. 
The revelation that some Trump supporters are being specifically targeted by the FBI fits with accusations from among them that the Bureau has them in their sights and is the political tool of a repressive deep state in Washington, D.C., bent on preserving the hold of the political establishment at the cost of democracy. Such views are not only from the furthest fringe, some of Trump's Republican allies in Congress have called for the FBI to be defunded over such accusations. For perhaps the first time in our history, the FBI's counterterrorism operational tempo remains high for international terrorism, state-sponsored terrorism, and domestic terrorism. All simultaneously, said FBI Director Christopher Wray, a senior intelligence official who works at the Office of the Director of National Intelligence, says it is hard to digest all the evidence. When you are used to hearing that the sky is falling every day, when the nature of the cable news and Twitter worlds we live in, where everything is overstated, there's a lot of room for doubt. But I say this as a citizen as much as as a government analyst. We are in a unique moment and the numbers are daunting. What, what numbers? What are the daunting numbers that are before us? They're not. Obviously, we know that. Uh, Frank is in Trenton. Frank, how are you, sir? Hey, I'm doing well, Rich. Uh, my comment is just, I, I think maybe I'd like to suggest, could you not call it corporate media? Because I think it makes it sound like their agenda is money. I think their agenda is more about pushing the leftist agenda. Like, they were happy to have failing radio, leftist radio, um, which wasn't making any money. So that was just a suggestion. Okay, I'll take it under advisement. Thank you, Frank. Thank you. You're welcome. Have a great day. Uh, Reagan is in Dresher, PA. Hello, Reagan. It's Reagan. How you doing? Can you guys hear me? Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Thank you. I'll be brief. I appreciate you taking my call. Thank you very much. Very interesting show. So I have two remarks vis-a-vis the situation with Menendez and his then-girlfriend, now wife. Two remarks. Number one, I never heard one about this on the so-called media, mainstream media, and I consider myself a rather well-informed person. I read the newspapers, if you can imagine. I never heard one word about this incident. And right there, that is suggestive of some sort of cover-up, in my opinion. Number two, again, I'll be brief. Those officers on scene in Bogota, New Jersey, as I recall reading about it, should be, in my opinion, should be placed on immediate administrative duty given their, 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 their abrogation of following procedure. I, I simply cannot understand how someone was killed and procedures with regard to uh, BAC testing, uh, if, if, if perhaps the individual or both individuals were intoxicated or something like that, could have been completely ignored and abrogated. That right, And then a third or fourth author shows up post-factum and kind of fixes things as I read the account of this, uh, this incident. To me, that is, this man was killed, he was crossing the street, and he was run over. Her accounting of it is completely different than the facts, this lady's, and she's, there's, there's no charges, of course, but something is clearly amiss. She remained in the vehicle, and in my belief, my supposition, she remained in the vehicle to, to kind of call people to sort it out versus getting out and helping this man. Yeah. I, I am shocked that I've never heard about this story before. I'm yeah, I know. I mean, Regan, it's it's absolutely uh, amazing. It's it really is, and and you're right. Those officers should absolutely be placed amazing. on investigative leave. Yeah. So how 
how many officers were involved? I would like to know. What well, are there the are at, you know at least two Bogota police officers, and then apparently a retired Hackensack police officer, and then another retired cop who showed up on the scene. All at the direction of oh, Senator Bob Menendez. Oh, my God. And they all say we're not hey. going to get the Bergen County Prosecutor's Office involved. We're going to just let I her go. And Yeah, and they don't oh. test her for drugs. They don't test her for alcohol, nothing. Where is the accountability? I think that's a valid question. It's a great question. Where is the accountability for this this man being killed on the street? I just don't understand it. Thank you for taking my call, sir. You bet. You bet. Uh, Larry, Lenny is in Pittman. What's up, Lenny? Hey there, Rich. How are you today? Looks like uh, Sponge P and Bob has uh, got himself in trouble this time. Or once again, maybe not. Once uh, To follow up your other caller, I'm totally astonished that this, I, I guess you can hide murder. I, I, I'm truly just totally amazed by it that, and he gave all the points I wanted to give. Who's held accountable? Who's the guy that came up and said, I'm going to get, you know, the police officers? I, I, I respect police officers, but man, somebody dropped the ball there. And with that, I yield my time back to Rich Zioli. Oh, well, thank you, my friend. I appreciate it very, very much. Uh, and the reason why I called the corporate media, by the way, is because they're owned by corporations. And their job is not to actually do news. Their job is to make money for their corporate masters. And those corporate masters receive money from uh, pharma, big pharma, for example. They receive money from the government. They receive money from all kinds of sources. And their primary job is to make the corporation money. That's that's why I call them the corporate media. All right, we've got a big four o'clock hour straight ahead, the border wall. More on this Menendez stuff. Don't go away. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7, Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 